weekend is not complete without the First Lady of New York Radio. It's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, everyone, welcome. I'm Joan Hamburg, and I've got with me Michael Paulson, who's a columnist for the New York Times covering theater. And that is a big job and a big responsibility. And people either love you or hate you. You can't be too sensitive to have Michael's job. But there was a really good column recently called What to Know About This Crazily Crowded Broadway Spring Season. And so many of us read it. And who even knew about all the options? We're talking about this time of year when so many shows usually come on to Broadway and so many openings are happening right now. You've got a lot of choice. So is this year different from any other year, Michael? You know, it's a great question. It's so crowded. There are 18 shows opening in the next two months, which is a lot. That's like half of all the shows for the entire Broadway year. Um, but the truth is every April is crowded. This one, it's a little more densely packed at the end of April. And the reason is it's right up against the deadline to qualify for the Tony Awards. And producers are really hoping that by uh, opening late in the season, uh, the people who nominate shows for the Tony Awards will remember their shows most fondly. Right. And, you know, um, we are like Miss Lonely Hearts here. We get listeners always, what should I do? What should I see? Where should I go? And particularly with theater, because it's a big hit for a lot of people. The expenses involved, the parking, the cars, the babysitters, you know the story with everyone. And when there are so many shows coming in, even we get asked, what should I see? What's worth it? And how do you guys deal with that? Yeah, well, look, we try to help people sort through the options by publishing a ton of feature stories and interviews about shows that are coming up. And that's part of my job as a reporter. And then our critics uh, write reviews of the shows, which is their judgment of whether they're any good. Hopefully that kind of information helps people. But, of course, everybody has a different sweet spot. So, you know, some people want a serious play that tackles really important issues of the day, maybe that's moving. Some people want to just have fun, to be entertained, to see a lot of fantastic dancing or singing. Uh, This spring, there are a bunch of shows that uh, feature music from pop musicians, which has become pretty common in recent years. So Alicia Keys has a musical called Hell's Kitchen. There's a Huey Lewis musical called The Heart of Rock and Roll. Tommy, which is the Who's classic rock musical, is back. Uh, then there's a bunch of shows that are adapted from books, big books that people probably remember, The Great Gatsby. Of course. Uh, the Outsiders, uh, The Notebook, Water for Elephants. Some people want to see stars on stage. So Steve Carell is in Uncle Vanya and Jessica Lange's in Mother Play. Rachel McAdams is here in a play called Mary Jane. Eddie Redmayne uh, is starring in a revival of Cabaret and the role that Joel Grey made famous. Uh, you know, there's quite a diverse array of options depending on what you're looking for. And do you think, Michael, that all these shows coming in, um, I think in the article they called it Broadway Spring Crunch Time. 
that Uh it means tickets. Is that how you sell, or do you need a star today? I mean, the conventional wisdom is that for a serious play, you need a star. Uh, Musicals, not so much. Musicals try to rely less on stars because they want to be able to run for a long time. Uh, And if you put a star in at the beginning, then uh, there's nowhere to go after that. Uh, So uh, we think of the kind of film stars mostly uh, associated with plays. And tell me, why do producers put their shows all in a pot and where so many other shows are opening? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. I think all the producers are like, why couldn't I be the only one? I mean, the reasons that they open in April are essentially twofold. One is to qualify for Tony Awards because the the deadline to qualify is April 25th, so a lot of them open right before then. And the other is that summer is a time of year when New York tends to get more crowded with tourists, and tourists tend to be big Broadway ticket buyers. Right. So if you open in the spring, then you're perfectly positioned for when that rush of visitors comes to town looking for shows to see. So there's an economic reason to do it as well. But, you know, I've always wondered— by being nominated for a Tony, does that translate to selling the show? Well, the producers think so. I mean, you get a lot of press coverage and you get a lot of social media attention when the nominations are announced. And then there's a bunch of like events celebrating the nominees. Uh, there are other uh, smaller awards shows and there are luncheons and there are galas. So there's quite a bit of uh, attention that comes to Tony nominees, and that helps call attention to your shows. And then the Tony broadcast itself is the biggest audience that Broadway ever has. It's watched by several million people, and that for musicals especially, which tend to perform a song on the broadcast, it's an incredible marketing opportunity to, to show your show to audiences that might not have heard of it. And is that better than advertising? I mean, they want it all, right? They want to uh, break through to people any way they can. Advertising is super expensive, so they're also always looking for things like news coverage, which which they don't have to pay for. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, I always uh, feel for the producers and the stars. You're like, you know, beating your chest saying, look at me, look at me. And they need time, too, to to develop that message and make people really pay attention. I bet totally. it's a tough call for musicals. Yeah, it's a really hard industry. Most shows don't work financially. Uh, you know, to address the issues that you're raising, many shows have productions in some other city before coming to New York so they can kind of work out the kinks in a smaller market. Uh, but it's hard. It's expensive to produce on Broadway and it takes time to build an audience. And there's some tension between, uh, the economics of staying afloat while you're trying to build word of mouth and, and having just the time to have people go home and say, Oh, I saw whatever it is. And I had a great time and you should go see it. But you know, when you can answer this, a lot of my theater friends say, that even though tourism, and they keep talking about it, it's coming back, it's coming back. But is it really 
And are people going to the theater like they used to before the pandemic and before COVID and everything else? Is this still a big suburban thing? You know, oh, I'm going to get my tickets for X show or has it not returned? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, It's not back at the level that it was before the pandemic. The audiences are down about 15, one, five percent. So, yeah, it's lower than it was. Tourism is actually doing pretty well. But the suburban market is not. Uh, suburbanites have not returned. Why do you near think the numbers? Why do you I think, think that's that? largely because of hybrid work? It's because people are coming into the office less frequently than they did before the pandemic. So yeah. they're in Midtown less often, and that's a whole segment of the market that was already in town to go to work and then was willing to stick around to have some fun at night. But if they're now on those days that they're still on Long Island or in New Jersey or wherever, uh, they're not inclined to come in. That's true. And you've got to. How do you, when you're on the other end, how do you say to that market, look at me, look at me. I'm coming in. I'm opening. Don't look at next door to me. I mean, they have a tough call here because word of mouth is not easy to develop. You're right. And when there's so many different options opening at the same time, it's That's very tough. hard to, to, but you know, they try all the traditional methods, which are news media and advertising and social media and direct mail. Uh, and now they're trying, you know, is there some way that I can get people on TikTok to pay attention to me? They're all trying to find ways to, to, to break through. And I don't think there's a consensus about what the best way to do that is. No, and we can understand that. And and you point out in this piece that attendance for this coming season is 16% below where it was a couple of years ago, and box office grosses are down too. Now, that's tough to make up. Yes, definitely. Uh, the economics have become much more challenging. Uh, and at the same time that uh, audiences are down, expenses are up. It's become more expensive to produce on Broadway, which makes the economics even more uh, difficult for producers. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Yeah, it really is a tough call. Michael Paulson, it covers theater. He's a a theater reporter, one for the New York Times. And if you're like me, you know we're lucky we have a lot of options. There's a lot of choice. But sometimes if you're coming in and you're a tourist, that makes it even more difficult. We get calls always saying, coming to New York, one show, what? Tell me. And it's tough because they're all coming in at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It can be bewildering. Um, There are lots of people who like work in the tourism industry whose job it is to help people sort out. You know, I get asked all the time, what should I see? What should I 
tell my mother-in-law to see? What should I tell my nephew to see? And I always have to say first, tell me something that they like. Tell me, I need to know, do they want something that's going to make them cry? Do they want something that's going to make them dance? You know, you, you need, not everybody loves the same thing. And one of the great things about what's happening this spring, of course, is that for as long as it lasts, there are a lot of options. Yeah, which which we like. Have you seen anything, Michael, that's going to make you sing and dance? <laughs> oh, lots of shows are going to make you sing and dance. I mean, The Wiz is coming back to Broadway, which a lot of people will remember. It's a 1975 right. uh, rethink of, uh, of The Wizard of Oz. And uh, I think for a lot of people, that will put a, a, a sort of bounce in their step. Right. And of course, we worry when so many shows come in, so many shows also close. And I I hate that. You know, we need them. And we it's need a brutal industry to see and the failure is. rate is really high. And uh, yeah, it's heartbreaking. But you still get investors for the theater. You still get investors. You have artists who want to tell stories. You have investors who want to finance those stories. It doesn't seem like the high failure rate has dissuaded uh, people from continuing to to create and continuing to invest in creation. Right. And to touch showbiz, you're in showbiz as an investor, too. And Absolutely. that's right. So exciting yeah. for a lot of people. Yep. Well, I hope you all have a great season. Thank you, Michael. All the best to you, Thanks Michael Paulson, me. who is a theater reporter for The New York Times. An interesting piece asking about Broadway, a bonanza or a bloodbath. But take a look because you've got to get your tickets. There's a lot of great stuff coming in starting now, too. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC Radio, so stay tuned. Stay tuned.